Welcome to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. Today we've got an amazing message of hope and healing just for you. God's Word never returns to Him void, so let this message sink deep into your heart so that you can walk out your complete healing journey today. Hi, I'm Deborah McDermott. Welcome to those people all over the world. I know there's people in India, there's people in the UK, in America, all over. So welcome to you all. And um, I'm very grateful that you are here to watch. This is my book, Autism Healed. My sons were both healed of autism. So if you have a child or you know anyone who has a child or children who have a disability that is considered incurable, please get a copy of the book. It will encourage you to receive what Jesus has already provided. I'm going to speak today on a very well-known scripture, James 4, 7. Therefore, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. But before I get into that, I just want to go through things that hopefully we've already established. Firstly, that sickness and disease is from the devil and not from God. At the cross, Jesus defeated sin, sickness, and death. He defeated the devil and disempowered him at the cross. As born-again believers, we have been made righteous through Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5.21. So I'm taking it as read that that is the foundation that has already been established. Um, this is the thing. How do we actually walk in our God-given authority? Last week, I was talking about traps of the enemy with regards to us having the confidence to walk in our authority. And I'm carrying on along those lines today. Um, we need to know in our heart of hearts who we are in Christ, to meditate on the scriptures that tell us that we are righteous, that we have been redeemed. Um, and to quote Barry Bennett, until we have a revelation of our identity in Christ, we will remain in the role of petitioner of God's mercy, but not an enforcer of God's will. Jesus has died on the cross. He has given us power and authority. I want to be an enforcer of God's will. He said in the Lord's Prayer, um, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he has given us the job to enforce that, to make it his will on earth as it is in heaven. So uh, James 4, 7 says, therefore submit yourself to God, resist the devil. And this is what I want to talk about. How do we resist the devil using our physical body? I'll tell you this much. We are a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body, and our body is very important. We are created physical. God became a man in the physical body of Jesus. Um, you know, we're not like the, I think it was the Gnostics who think that everything physical is bad and everything spiritual is good. But um, we need to realize that we can use our bodies to either release the power of God in our life, lives, or the power of the enemy in our lives. Um, we are in a spiritual battle, whether we like it or not. And we are all moving in the direction of whatever is in our hearts. Whatever is established in our hearts is going to be what the direction, the, the, the movement, the life that we are living is going to be established by where our heart is. 
the Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And what you think becomes what you say and do, and our actions being the greatest expression of our authority. We will be influenced, dominated, and ruled by whoever we are yielding to in our physical bodies, either God or Satan. God gave dominion over this earth to physical human beings, and that's in Genesis 1, 26 to 28. When Adam and Eve submitted to the snake, they gave Satan the dominion that they had. They handed it over. Then the Son of God came, gave himself on the cross, and took all authority and power away from Satan. The power that Satan is using now is our own human power and authority. And we are submitting it to him through temptation and uh, through deception. He has no power over us other than what we give him. That takes a while to really understand. But it is true. <laughs> Um, we submit our human power and authority by yielding to his temptation, just as Adam and Eve did. Since God has given power and authority to us, if we don't cooperate with him, we limit him functioning in our lives. Even Jesus was limited when it came to um, working in his own hometown because of their unbelief, because they didn't accept him. As the Messiah, he, and they didn't believe in him, he was unable to do any mighty work in his hometown. God is limited in our lives when we don't cooperate with him. If we want to see the power and authority that he has uh, given us and that he can work on our behalf, we really need to cooperate with him and resist the enemy. What I do with my physical body will either release the power of the devil or the power of God. I'd like to read you something, and it's from C.S. Lewis's The Screwtape Letters. And um, for those who haven't read it, Screwtape is a top demon, and his nephew, Woodworm, is a junior demon who has been assigned a young Christian to work with. And uh, Uncle Screwtape keeps sending letters to Wormwood to tell him how to do his demonic duty very well. And this is one of the things he wrote. At the very least, they can be persuaded that the bodily position makes no difference to their prayers, for they constantly forget what you, Wormwood, must always remember, that they are animals and whatever their bodies do affects their souls. That gives me the creeps. And I'm hoping we never forget that what our bodies do affects our souls. All Satan can do is tempt and deceive us. If we yield to him, we are yielding our own human power and authority. I remember a time in my childhood, uh, we're talking about South Africa in the 70s, and I come from a family where there was a lot of shrieking and flinging around of things when tempers were lost. And uh, there was one incident in the dining room when there was some frayed tempers and a bowl of cereal and milk was flung and smashed against a wall. And um, I fled to the kitchen to get away from the drama. And then we have had a maid in the kitchen and she was looking at this with a look of such disgust on her face. And she looked at me and she said, you're a good girl. When you grow up, don't do that. Don't be like that. Um, that's not something I really thought of. 
very much, except to think at the time, I'll never do that. I am not going to behave like that when I grow up. Fast forward 30 years, and here I am in my own kitchen, my children and my husband playing in the garden, and I have something's triggered me, something's upset me. I was constantly overtired anyway, and um, but I was in a state of rage, um, fury, distress, despair, name it. I just wanted to run away and never come back. And I was in such a state, I didn't know what to do with myself, and I was looking for something to pick up. I was about to throw something against the wall, and immediately this memory flashed into my mind, and I was horrified. And I immediately, my arms hung down by my sides, and I said, oh, Lord, help me. The rage and the fury and the despair was still in my body, and my fingers were clenched, my teeth was clenched. I said, oh, Lord, help me, help me. And he said clearly, tell it to go. And I thought, what's it? And he said, how is it making you feel? And I thought, and I thought, well, angry, upset. I want to run away. Despair, it's making me despair. And he said, tell despair to go. So I said, despair in the name of Jesus, leave me alone. Get out of here and don't come back. And I'd love to say that, you know, something immediately happened, but nothing did. And emotionally, all my emotions were still very much at the surface. I was still feeling the rage and the distress. But I was also thinking on a different level, and I thought, praise, praise and worship. So I put a CD in, and I started praising through clenched teeth. I just wanted to still pick up that CD player and smash it against the wall. My feelings hadn't changed, but I was not allowing my body to submit to it. And I started singing through clenched teeth, praise and worship songs. And within a few minutes, something lifted off me. And I can only describe it as a grey horror lifted off me. And it left me. And I have never had it since. Now, this was something that I obviously became oppressed by when I was very young, because I never have a memory of not having that feeling, always lurking, just, just behind of being this close to dread, despair, horror, depression, and hopelessness. It was always there. I was always fighting it. And for the first time in my life, I was free of it. And I had just thought it was a part of me. It lifted off and it left and it never came back. And that's when I was able to think coherently about what had just happened. And retrospectively, I saw I had resisted the devil in my physical body by not obeying those impulses in my physical body. And in doing so, I had allowed myself to be sensitive to the guidance of the Holy Spirit and to hearing God's voice. And he reminded me of my authority to tell it to go. And when I obeyed those promptings and commanded it to go, guess what? That authority was backed by all of heaven. I was able to command something that had been attached to me for, for a long time to leave. And it had to submit and leave and never came back. And that's where the scripture comes in. The most important part of it is submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. If you're like me, you will 
think that the manifestations of the devil is circumstances, sickness, disease, troubles, possibly financial troubles, <laughs> car crashes, but actually so much of it is what is going on inside of us, our feelings and our emotions. And when we submit to negative feelings and emotions and allow our physical bodies to move in that direction, to act on them, that is when the enemy gains access to us. And it's like we are a car and the enemy is driving and we allow him to take the wheel. Now, when we're going in that direction, we can't go in that direction. When we have allowed the enemy to take the wheel, we can't suddenly turn around and authoritatively and <laughs> command him to leave. You know, the demons know and they can see where we're submitting and where we're not. And that, uh, that authority, it means nothing to them. We do have it, but it's not going to work if we are submitting to the enemy with our physical bodies. We're not going to be able to actually walk in the power and authority. We are limiting God's authority and power working in our lives by submitting our physical bodies to the temptations of the enemy. It's another trap. Um, yeah. I want to read 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. God redeemed our spirits. He told us to renew our minds to the word and he has purchased our bodies. That's in um, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, so that we can be inhabited by and express the spirit of God within us. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Now, I'm hoping that as I'm reading that you're thinking, that's me. I recognize you're calling my name. That's me. Those are my characteristics. That's who I am. Um, Actually, that's who all of us are. When we are born again, that is our characteristics. Spiritually, that is who we are. Those are the characteristics that we, um, we can manifest when we are walking in the Spirit. And this is when I want to come to walking in the Spirit. I am a very practical person, and um, I haven't had lots of spiritual experiences. I haven't even fallen out um, I have felt like I could have, possibly, but I'm not inclined to, so I haven't. Um, but I, I don't think this business of when you're walking in the spirit, you're in a sort of another place where sort of the normal rules don't apply. I think that you can walk in the spirit 24-7 when you're doing your job, when you're cleaning the loose, when you're walking the dog, when you're running a company, uh, when you're sleeping. Um, it's not where... Suddenly something happens to you. Oh, and you're so taken over. You've got no control. There is obviously Nikki has something where she calls checking out in the spirit. She goes to heaven. And that has been something the Lord and, and, and I are talking about. And I, I am I'm hoping for that experience. I've spoken to the Lord about it. But um, the, being in the spirit basically means walking, manifesting the spirit inside of you that has those fruits, 
love, joy, peace, etc., etc. We have a choose a choice twenty four seven to walk in the spirit or walk in the flesh. When we're walking in the spirit, we're submitting to God. When we're walking in the flesh, we are allowing ourselves to let our feelings, our emotions, our circumstances dictate to us so that in the physical we then respond in um, in a way that is counter the fruit of the spirit. Anything that makes us respond to negative emotions and feelings and act on them is going to be what some Christians call a flesh flesh. It's just going to be where we're going to be walking in the flesh. That is a time when we are literally putting a stop on the power of God in that situation. Um, one of the most dramatic examples um, would be Andrew and Jamie Womack, um, when one night their son gave them a call uh, in the middle of the night to tell them that their other son had died. Um, if anybody ever had an excuse to um, let the, manifest the signs of distress and a negative feelings and emotions, that would be an opportunity that most people would think perfectly justified. But they knew better. Praise God, they were able to restrain those negative emotions. They were able to pray and agree in prayer over their son and then keep quiet and then only speak out anything that is in line with the word of God. And as Andrew did that, the Holy Spirit brought to his remembrance a prophecy about his son that had yet to be fulfilled, which then made him come to the conclusion they're about to see the most amazing miracle. Their son's going to be raised from the dead. And so on the way to the hospital, he's there praising God and worshiping God, only to find when they get there that their son had sat up in the morgue and been raised from the dead. That is an instance when you submit yourself to God. You resist the devil and he will flee. All of the power of God is able to flow into that situation and redeem it. So when your feelings and emotions and desires are drawing you in a direction that doesn't follow the fruit, we choose by a choice in our minds, our actual decisions to move our physical bodies and respond um, in the natural realm according to the spirit, according to the word. And that way we submit ourselves to God and the devil flees. And in that way, he, the Lord can turn everything round to work for the good of those who love the Lord. All things work to the good of those who love the Lord and walk according to his purposes. That is how it works. That is when he intervenes and work with the enemy meant for harm. He works for good. That is how we cooperate with him so that he can work all things for our good. And it's wonderful once that is set into motion. First Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18 says um, uh, that we need to rejoice always and in everything give thanks because that's God's will for us in all circumstances. Why is it God's will for us? Because it's his will for us to allow him to intervene on our behalf, for us to walk in the power and authority that he has given us. But to rejoice always and in all circumstances and everything, give thanks, that's a tall order. But we have, in our born-again spirits, we are eminently capable of doing that, of walking in the spirit and not fulfilling the lusts of flesh, not allowing ourselves to, to um, 
move physically in the direction that we're being tempted to of manifesting those negative emotions, etc., etc. And um, and when we rejoice always and are grateful and thankful in all circumstances, that is when God is pleased because he is able to rescue us. He is able to intervene on our behalf. We all want to be spirit-filled and spirit-led, uh, but like everything else, it's up to us. It's a choice that we make. In Matthew 10, 1 and in 7 to 8, uh, and 7 and 8, we're told, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely we have received, freely give. We're told to do that because we have that power and authority. Because not only do we now have the dominion that Adam and Eve were originally given, restored to us, we also have power and authority over the entire demonic realm. When we are cooperating with God, we have so much power and authority authority to walk out um, his plans in our lives, to stand against the wiles of the enemy, to see his power released so that the supernatural becomes the natural in our lives, so that we have so much confidence in the authority that we are able to, to, to wield in our lives, that nothing will alarm us. And you know, as time goes by and we get more and more accustomed to walking in the spirit and not fulfilling the lust of the flesh, so we become more sensitive to his voice, more sensitive to his guidance. And, and we, 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 we just become, it becomes that much easier and that much more natural to walk in that place where we expect to see the supernatural dominate the natural in our lives. And I would encourage each one of you to, to ask the Lord to show you if there's any area in your lives where the enemy has managed to deceive you into you using your physical body to, to, to sabotage the Lord's work in your life in any area at all so that you can, you can immediately reassess, change that situation, Stop it right there and walk in power and authority. I've just thought of another example um, of where the enemy um, can use trauma to, to get you to um, submit to his agenda. When I was uh, young, uh, I, I lost a few of my brothers. I lost three brothers altogether. Um, and um, and I, I, I was really heartbroken and wounded. By the time my last brother died, the third brother, I was beside myself with distress. Now, I still had to carry on living. I had to go to work and so on and so forth. So I, met, I decided I would just keep it together until I got in the bath at night, and then I would do my crying there. And you know, the thing is, they say that time heals all wounds, but I was not healing. And you know, a year, two years went by. And now, three years later, I'm married. I've moved to the UK. I'm happily married to my lovely husband. I should be filled with joy and happiness. But every night when I got in the bath, this terrible pain used to overwhelm me, this grief, and I would weep. And I would, I suddenly thought, you know, this is ridiculous. And I said, Lord, why? Why am I not healing? And he said, it's a spirit of grief. <laughs> and he said, stop. Stop it. And I thought, stop it. And so 
I, I didn't know to even say grief, leave me. I just thought, well, I'll have to just stop grieving then. And I realized I've got to stop cooperating. So I would, as soon as those feelings of grief rose to the surface, instead of allowing them to flow out of me, instead of allowing myself to dissolve into tears and allowing myself to feel sorry and to think about it and mull it over in my mind and, 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 and be upset, I started playing praise and worship music and I would use that time and I would start thanking God for my lovely husband and this new life I was starting and thank you for this wonderful country that I'm, I'm living in and for our lovely house. And, you know, I started um, just forcing myself to use my physical body to go in the opposite direction. And, you know, it was only twice that I had to do that and it just lifted and it never came back. And that's when the Lord came in and healed my heart. And I realized that in that circumstance, unfortunately, I, it didn't teach me fast enough. It took me many years to really realize what was going on and how I was allowing the enemy to come into my life and steal, kill and destroy through my cooperating with my physical body to his agenda. But that was another situation where, where these things can happen to us. Now, when we have loved ones, ourselves, or anyone else who needs a breakthrough in healing, we need to let the enemy know that we're deadly serious. Number one, we know that we have authority over him. And number two, we know that all of heaven is ranged on our sides. When we are confident that we are submitted to God, we can turn around, we can speak to the situation. And the situation, the it, whether, whatever that mountain is that the Bible talks about that, or the mulberry tree that has to be planted into the sea or the mountain that we can cast into the sea, whatever the it is, it knows who has the authority and who has the power and it will submit and it will obey. And we need to, to, to cooperate with God and we will undoubtedly see his power manifesting in our lives like never before and so I would just like to encourage you and um, and uh, encourage you to walk in that authority and uh, I'll see you and next week I'm just going to be carrying on with authority thank you so much for joining me and I'll speak to you again next week bye we hope you got some great nuggets of wisdom out of that teaching thank you for listening to the healing journeys today podcast and don't forget, you can find us live on Facebook and YouTube seven days a week. If you would like to donate, please go to www.healingjourneystoday.com. Isaiah 53.5 says, And by His stripes, we are healed. God bless you.